What's up, everybody? Ah, sorry, I can't talk already. What's up, everybody? I was going to record an episode last night. Um, I'm actually in, I'm doing classes online in college. One of my classes, my psychology class, my instructor, and with online classes, the whole semester is laid out. There's modules and everything, week by week. But my instructor in my psychology class will put in surprise assignments. I saw the surprise assignment last week. I got started on it, but I didn't realize it was due this week. I thought it was due next week. Anyways, it was due last night. I finished it up last night. Didn't have time to record my podcast. Didn't want to stay up any later. So I figured, I was like, you know what? I'll record one while the game five of Dodgers and Giants is on. And then Thursday Night Football, Bucks and Eagles is on. Um, speaking of baseball, did I say this last time? My my MLB predictions for the playoffs have gone horrible. I hope I'm better next year, but I predicted the Yankees and Phillies in mid-September. That went... Pfft. Yankees got bounced in the wild card, and then Milwaukee got bounced in the division round. Their pitching was fine, like I said they wouldn't. They weren't historically great like I thought they would be, because they have a great pitching staff, one of the best in the National League, but their hitting couldn't keep up with Atlanta. Congrats to Atlanta getting the NLCS. Maybe Atlanta breaks that Atlanta curse of never winning a championship. I know Atlanta United won one, won one in MLS, but that's not really powerful enough considering one, it's MLS. I love MLS, but it's not up there yet. And it's it's just not there yet. Maybe in about 20 years that win would mean something, or 10 years that win would mean something. But, I mean, it does mean something, but you get my point. Anyways, getting into top 25 predictions, Texas A&M versus Missouri. So Aggies finally put together a great game all around against Alabama. This year they have either been great off defensively or great offensively. And honestly, they haven't put great they haven't been great offensively up until last week against the second best defense in the country. Missouri, on the other hand, I honestly don't know why they left the Big 12. Oh yeah, I do. It's the Longhorn Network. Thanks, Texas. They don't belong in the SEC. If Texas A&M doesn't blow Missouri out of the water, it's another disappointing year for the Aggies. They blow Missouri out and don't think twice about it. Oregon versus Cal. Oregon had a disappointing loss last week. However, they're still in the top 10. I don't see a blowout happening, even though Cal is not any good. But Oregon just seems to kind of disappoint every year, especially when they're good and they're great. They kind of just slip away at the end of the year. So I'll say Oregon wins by maybe 10. San Diego State San Diego State versus San Jose State. San Diego has nearly doubled in points per game and points allowed over San Jose. I'm going to say it's another top 25 blowout win this week. Might see a lot of those this week, by the way. It's kind of... College football is kind of weird, you know, where there's some weeks where there's five or six different matchups you just got to see, and they're all on at once, or they're all on, but they're back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, and you got to stream something on your phone, you got to watch something on your TV. I don't know. But this is one of the weeks where there's only a few games you really that kind of pop off at you. Um, next one, Auburn versus number 17, Arkansas. This one will be a close one. Auburn's offense is kind of on fire this year with 35 points per game. Arkansas a bit less at 32.3 points per game. I don't expect an overtime game in the SEC this week again. However, I'd like one. I'd say Arkansas pulls it out in a close one. Number 20, number 20 Florida versus LSU. Um, unless 2019 LSU shows up, this one won't be remotely close. Florida blows them out. It's almost Orgeron's time to leave. Number 10, Michigan State versus Indiana. Again, another blowout. Spartans have been unbelievable this year on offense, specifically the passing game, nearly 300 passing yards per game. Spartans win easily and remain undefeated. Michigan's kind of popping off this year. Number 12, Oklahoma State versus number 25, Texas. Here's the thing with the Big 12. Not any great offenses. I mean, sure, with the exception of OU and Texas. However, they have some great defenses. There's four Big 12 teams, which I'll get into in a bit. Oklahoma State has only allowed 91 rushing yards per game. If the defense continues to tighten up, they will beat Texas. Keep that offense on the sideline, control the clock, and Cowboys remain undefeated. I say they win a close one by six. Sorry about that hiccup there. UCF versus number three, Cincinnati. Hey, another blowout. Since he has a great defense, an effective offense, it'll be a long day for Central Florida since he remains undefeated and stays at three. Number 19, BYU versus Baylor. If there is an up th- upset this week, which I see two, I see two, 
it'll be this one. Baylor's 3-0 at home. BYU 2-0 away. Or on the road, I should say. Baylor has scored 38.3 points per game. BYU has 27.2 points per game. Big difference there. Baylor has only allowed 17.8 points per game. If Baylor can keep this offense going, they win this game easily. I'm not saying they blow them out, but they shouldn't have any issues beating them. So yes, upset city for BYU. Number 11, Kentucky versus number 1, Georgia. Possibly the only really game to watch this week that you have to watch. Oklahoma State and Texas as well. Um, Georgia's all-time defense will keep it out of reach. Just not by much. I think Georgia wins by 10. Just like I said, don't sleep on Kentucky. And oh yeah, Georgia's defense is still only allowing under 6 points per game. It's just incredible. If they don't win the championship, that Atlanta curse I was talking about, my goodness. Purdue versus number two Iowa. Hey, another blowout. You know how Georgia has those five point five points per game? Yeah, Iowa is at 13. Barring a miracle, Purdue doesn't show any life in this game whatsoever. Number five, Alabama versus Mississippi State. When a team is looking for a bounce back win like Alabama is in this one, teams play stupid football or damn near perfect football. And Alabama isn't playing stupid, at least not this week. If they do, I'd be surprised if Nick Saban doesn't blow a gasket. Number 13, Ole Miss versus Tennessee. This might be another upset. I don't know. They're both kind of they're both sitting at 4 and 2. I think Ole Miss is 4 and 1. Possibly another uh like I said, possibly another upset this week. Ole Miss doesn't have much of a defense. However, if Tennessee can get into a shootout, Tennessee can win. Number 22, NC State versus Boston College. This one would be kind of one really no one cares about besides NC State fans and Boston College fans. Um, yeah, it's another blowout. Boston College since hasn't been good since Matt Ryan was there. NC State, I'm sure they're hyped up right now with actually being ranked. So NC State wins e- easily. TCU versus number four, Oklahoma. More Big 12 rushing defense. Williams, freshman quarterback. He's athletic. He's more of a gunslinger. Better than Spencer Adler, I think. OU wins. And again, that defense, just like their Oklahoma brother, is only allowing 91 rush yards per game. Number 18, Arizona State versus Utah. Again, just another blowout. This is just one of those weeks in college football where it's blowout week, kind of like a snooze fest, really, um, on a lot of these games, except, like I said, Kentucky and Georgia. I said there's going to be some upsets worth watching, like BYU and Baylor, Tennessee and uh, Ole Miss. But other than that, there's... Only three or four games are worth catching. The rest, highlights, read about, whatever you want to do. Next, I'm going to do NFL predictions and power rankings. There's one prediction I'm going to detail on. Yes, Chiefs and Washington. But there's three other things I kind of want to talk about there. Kansas State's game I'm going to do Friday because I am a Kansas State fan. Um, I'll do theirs tomorrow. So back-to-back episodes for the first time in a couple weeks. Um, Stay tuned. Starting off with the London game, actually, before that Thursday night game, I didn't get to doing this last night. Like I said, I was not being responsible on my homework, with my homework. Um, the Thursday night game, I figured with Bucks and Eagles, I figured it'd be kind of go, going the way it's going, 28-14. Tampa's defense is banged up big time. And it's kind of weird looking at both defenses of the of the Super Bowl past year, this last year. Um, kind of struggling. However, the main difference is... The Bucks is an injury issue. The Chiefs is a personnel issue. Or um, a Dan Sorensen issue. No, it's not just one guy. I'm making a joke there. But anyways, let's get into this. The London game. You know, why do we send the bad teams over to London? I know we don't want to send the good teams across the country. Because you want... 
I, I don't know how to say it. Um, but Dolphins, Jaguars, you know, Urban Meyer should send John Gruden a thank you letter because he took the pressure off of Urban Meyer there, okay? That's an insensitive joke. I shouldn't say that, but I thought it'd be kind of funny. Um, so Urban Liar, sorry, Urban Meyer. Gosh, I can't say it. Urban Meyer. See what I did there? Urban Meyer is going to be 0-5 or 0-whatever in the U.S. and 0-1 in London. Dolphins win 27-18. Dolphins aren't really anything great this year. Their defense is still something. They still get takeaways. Offense can be effective at times. Um, Dolphins win 27-18. Bengals versus Lions. I said they'd be scrappy all year, and they still are scrappy. I'm going to keep saying that all year about the Lions. Until they're good, they're going to be the scrappy old Lions. Until they're either really good at one point or really bad again, where they're not even scrappy. Kind of seeing Dan Campbell kind of tear up in that press conference just kind of shows how much he cares about this team, how much his players care about him. I think the Bengals win this one. I'm sorry, Detroit fans, hang in there. It will get better. Maybe not right now, but it will get better. I'm going to say Bengals win 30-28. to Maybe a bit lower scoring than that. Possibly game of the week here. I don't know why some of these games are new. And you would, I don't remember when. I know with the NFL, the flexing rule doesn't take into effect at a certain time. I couldn't remember if it was this week or somewhere around week eight or nine. However, this would have been a good Sunday night matchup. Chargers versus Ravens. Ravens have one of the best defenses in the league. The secondary, even if Marcus Peters is out for the year. I'm going to say Chargers win 35-31. Justin Herbert is just playing phenomenal football right now. Right now playing like the best quarterback in the league. I don't think he's the best quarterback in the league, but right now he's playing like he is one. Um, Packers-Bears. This one could be the last time Aaron Rodgers plays at Soldier Field, at least as a Packer. I'm not saying he'll go to the Bears. I'm saying he could face them again in his career. Who knows how much longer he'll play. I think Packers win in a close one, 28-24. Packers' defense is banged up. The Bears are kind of looking like they're kind of clicking on all the cylinders right now. Of course, they got lucky. I shouldn't say they got lucky. They were gifted a game against the Raiders when there was a lot going on, which I'll get into that later with the Chiefs-Washington game. Might see a bit of a conspiracy theorist on my part. Not saying what John Gruden did was okay. It's just there's a lot of things with this that I really don't understand, so I kind of want to... Anyways, Packers win 28-24. Next game, Rams versus Giants. You know, I said college football is going to have some blowouts this week. The NFL is going to have some blowouts. I usually don't predict blowouts, but when it's that obvious, I'm doing it. Saquon won't be there. Daniel Jones, I haven't seen where he's at right now, but I, he, I believe he's still in concussion protocol. I'm going to say Rams win 35-13. Next game, Texans versus Colts. Um, snooze fest. No, not a snooze fest, but Texans, until they get Tyrod Taylor back, I really don't see them winning a game. It's nothing against Davis Mills, but he's just not it. Um, I'm going to say Texans or Colts win 24-14. Next game, Vikings versus Panthers. Vikings remind me of the Chiefs this year, except with an actual defense. Um, they're 2-3. and three. They could be 5-0. and oh. They held the Browns to 14 points if their office could have just got something going. Um, if it weren't for a missed field goal in Arizona... Like I said, they could be 5-0, but yet they're 2-3. and three. I think they get to 3-3 three and three this week. They beat the Panthers 28-20. Panthers are just not looking like they were the first few weeks. Defense, offense, everything. Sam Donald does still look more comfortable, but it, just not looking great right now. They're not looking bad. They're just not looking great. Next game, Cardinals versus Browns. Look, it's going to be another shootout for the Browns. I don't see them on the winning side of this one. Cardinals offense will just be a little bit too much for the defense towards the end there. I think Cardinals win 41-38. to No, this isn't on Baker. I'm tired of Baker Mayfield slander. Is he a great quarterback? No, but he's good. He's he's heck of good. Heck of good. He's hella good. Sorry, I can't talk. Um, nothing should be on him. I thought that last drive against the Chargers was kind of weird. It's like the coaches don't really trust him. Maybe there's something there. Maybe it's the injury he's dealing with. I can't, can't remember what it was. But I know he's dealing with an injury right now, just kind of playing through it. However, when it's 3rd and 10 on the final drive of the game, and you have him throwing checkdowns, I don't know if that was a play set up, or maybe Baker just saw the underneath route. Every time on a Hail Mary, there's always going to be a kind of an underneath route, 99% of the time. 
I mean, you see it on Madden, it's pretty obvious. You know, you have to watch an NFL game, you'll see it on a video game. And maybe he just did that, hoping there was something there, but it just kind of looked weird. Maybe there's not as much trust with Baker as everyone thought. Um, anyways, like I said, Cardinals win 41-38. Next game, Cowboys versus Patriots. This game will be a bit close. Like I said, Bill... Uh, not like I said. Like I have said, Bill Belichick is great against younger quarterbacks. Um, Dak obviously isn't younger. He's more of a veteran. But he's great against younger offensive-type teams. He'll know how to shut down CeeDee Lamb. He'll know how to shut down certain guys. I would think Cowboys will kind of pull away in the end. I make it be kind of close. But I think Cowboys will end up pulling away, winning 35-20. Next game, Raiders versus Broncos. Again, Raiders are kind of dealing with a lot right now. Something I'll get into later. And the Broncos, they're just kind of hanging in there. After their 3-0 start, they've dropped the last two. Um, I think they pull this one out. They win 17-13, be kind of a low-scoring game. Maybe more defensive. Raiders still got a good defense. Broncos got a good defense. Um, next game, I... Again, I don't know why this wasn't flexed. I, I'm, I'll look this up later. To, I'll talk about, more to, talk about it more tomorrow. Um, I talked about the streaks with Russell Wilson. He was a limited participant in practice today. I wonder if they're getting him to a point to where, and my buddy came up with this, not me. I wonder if they're getting him to a point where they'll have him start one play or one position and just hand the ball off to keep that start streak alive and then bench him and then have Gino go in or whoever, or Gino go in. And if that's the case, whether Gino starts or not, technically, I think Steelers will win. Seahawks defense isn't really good. Steelers offense kind of came alive last week against Denver. I don't know if that's Denver's defense having a bad day or is just a kind of a matchup. Football's all about matchups. Some teams you match up well against, other teams you don't. Um, I think Steelers win 21-20. Monday Night Football, Bills versus Titans. So I think actually this game for the Bills is going to go similar to how it went for Bills and Chiefs when they were in Kansas City, even with, with, or, with or without a rain delay. It's going to be somewhat close for a bit. be like a 10-point lead. Bills are just going to pull away. They're just they're too dominant right now. Josh Allen is playing crazy. I'm honestly picking him for MVP right now. If I had to, if I had to pick one, he's MVP right now. Him or Herbert, maybe even Lamar. However, I'm going to say Bills win 45-31. Um, Titans' just offensive line is not there. Their defense is non-existent. I wouldn't say it's worse than the Chiefs or the Seahawks, but it's just not there. Next up is power rankings. I've got the Chiefs and Washington prediction, but there's a lot I want to go over with that. I partially want to save that for tomorrow, but there's I'm going to kind of do some random stuff tomorrow. I might just kind of throw something together. Maybe it'll just be like a 20-minute episode, which most of them have been, but kind of a 20-minute episode, but something I'm still awake for, something I'm not staying up all night for. You know, I'm going to end off with power rankings and then end off the show with Chiefs versus Washington prediction. Okay, starting off with number 32, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, their coach is a child. Urban Meyer's a freaking child. I knew he would struggle at first, but skipping a team flight to go dance at a bar in Ohio State with a co-ed is just childish, childish all around. I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence to an extent. I feel bad for James Robinson. I feel bad for that team. I feel bad for those coaches on that roster. It's, Jacksonville needs a rehaul. I and don't even get me started on the Con family. Right now, thirty-one Houston Texans. I'm going to save that Jacksonville Jaguars and that Con family, K H A N, for another time. Tony Khan of AEW, dude, you're doing great right now. But the con- the constant crap talk on WWE, the king of pro wrestling for 20 years, 30 years even, you just in- enjoy what you're doing right now. And the, I don't even remember your dad's first name, but the owner of the Jaguars, just you need to fire Meyer at this point. Just fire him. Just freaking fire him. 
he, like I said, I knew he would struggle, but I thought they'd have two wins right, one or two wins right now. They'd look competitive, competitive, but I didn't think it would be this much of a mess. Anyways, number 31, Houston Texans. Until they get Tyrod Taylor, like I said, they're not winning a game. They're not winning. They look bad all over the field. Um, speaking of looking bad all over the field, number 30, New York Jets. I know a Jets fan listening to this, so I had to put that out there. That was a joke. The Jets have some promise. They got a good young head coach. They're gonna that they're, they're gonna come alive. They're just like Detroit. They're gonna come alive soon, just not this year. I got faith in Zach Wilson. He's got an arm. He's athletic. He will keep you in games. Just kind of roll with the punches right now. Same with the Giants. Number twenty nine. I don't think your quarterback is the problem. I don't think your offense is I don't think you guys have any problems. I think it's your head coach, to be honest, Joe Judge. I don't see any life from Joe Judge. The high school gimmicks where you're going to run laps at the end of the game just doesn't work in the NFL. Like, these are, these are grown men. That doesn't work with them. I mean, if it works, it works, and you look like a genius. If not, then you look like an a-hole. Right now, Joe Judge is just a losing a-hole. Number 28, Miami Dolphins. There's really not much to say. Even with Tua, I don't think they'd be much different. Maybe two and three, possibly three and two, because Tua is smarter with the football than Brissett. He just has a bit of better arm. He doesn't have a rocket for an arm, but he has a better arm. Number twenty-seven, Detroit Lions. Yes, even a winless team. I'm giving. I'm putting them up above everyone else who already has a win. Um, they play hard. They play tough. Tough. I love Dan Campbell. What is the Pat McAfee show there, guys, call him? MCDC, Motor City Dan Campbell. I love the guy. I love the team. I think eventually they will, just like I said, with the Jets, not right now. Those two, two will go together. Hey, maybe in five to six years, that's a Lions-Jets Super Bowl. Might get checked into a mental facility after he, after, some, after somebody hears that, but you never know. Number 26, the Washington football team. Um the only positive I can give this team is Taylor Heineke just does not care. He's not afraid to run. He's not afraid to sling it. But that's not going to win a lot of games. Unless you're Brett Favre and you have a great roster like the Packers did, or even the Vikings did for one year, you're not going to win a lot of games. Number 25, the Atlanta Falcons. Kind of the same thing with Washington, except the quarterback who actually does care. Right? Matt Ryan? Matty Ice? Speaking of Matty Ice, the hi- what's the highlight of his career? MVP, couple playoff wins, or a commercial or a tide commercial with Ice T and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Get it? Ice T, Matty Ice, Stone Cold. I yeah. Anyways, Falcons aren't bad. They're not great, but they're not bad. I think they're better than last year. I think they beat the crap out of last year's Falcons team. I think they're a bit better coached offensively. Defensively is not great, but they at least generate some sort of pressure. Secondary kind of plays hard to an extent. Um Honestly, I think it were if it weren't for Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, Cordero Patterson, this team would be on five. And it's nothing against Matt Ryan. He's just not where he used to be. Number twenty four, Indianapolis Colts. Um, I apologize to any Colts fans listening to this. I'm sorry. I did not mean to make a joke about calling you guys choke artists. It was just kind of building off my Texas Longhorns choke artist joke. So I'm sorry there, but anyways, Colts at 24. Jim Ursay is very bold, tweeting out. I, don't, I didn't see the tweet. I heard about it on the Jim Rome show. Can't remember if it was the Jim Rome show or the Colin Her- or the herd. Um, but apparently he tweeted, "Hang in there, Colts fans. The horseshoe will win a Lombardi twice in this decade." Hold up there, Chief. It's only 2021. Maybe 2023 when you're 13-4 and and number one seed. Then I'll believe you. Right now, I don't. But Carson Wentz is kind of coming back into his own. Jordan Taylor is doing Jordan Taylor things. Defense is getting back into it. I know they blew it against the Ravens, but the Ravens are just on one right now. Especially Lamar Jackson. I know I said Josh, Josh Allen is almost a lock for MVP at this point, but Lamar Jackson... Look, you, you have these tiers with these young quarterbacks. And I don't mean to steal Nick Wright's idea with tiers. There's the best right now, which is either Mahomes or Rodgers, maybe even Brady. And then there's the most electric with Lamar. 
And then there's like the bulldozer and Josh Allen. Lamar's the most electric, so the Colts should not feel bad about kind of blowing that lead. It's not like it was a big lead. Everyone's like, oh, it's a big lead. They're, it was 22-9. to nine. Like, come on. Like, if it was 42-9, to nine, okay, that's something. But 22-9, to nine, like, just pump the brakes a little bit on giving the Colts crap for that. Just wasn't their night. Really hasn't been their night at all this week, this year so far. But I have faith they can get back into it. Maybe even this year they can get back into it. They got a solid roster. They got a good head coach. Number 23, New England Patriots. Another team that can get back into it. They've got a great head coach. I don't see them winning this week because they're facing one of the best teams in the NFL right now in Dallas. But Mac Jones is reliable. Bill Belichick, obviously. You got Josh McDaniels. Okay, they're kind of getting into their own. Speaking of getting into their own, Philly just scored a touchdown there over about six minutes ago, 28-22. Bucks got the ball on their own 42-yard line. I said the game would be close, and it didn't start out that way, but maybe Philly's defense can make me look good here. Might be an upset. Anyways, 22, Chicago Bears. Um, Justin Fields, speaking of coming into their own, Justin Fields is. He's making throws. He's making plays. The defense is very underrated, I think. Number 21, Philadelphia Eagles, the team right now, might bump them up into the top half if they beat Tampa. Jalen Hurts. Again, a lot of these guys are just kind of coming into their own. A lot of these younger quarterbacks are just kind of blowing up this year. Um, the receivers on Philly, their offense, much better than I thought it would be. Defense is as good as I thought it would be. Their D-line's pretty good. Secondary, not great, but they have a really good D-line. Number 20, Seattle Seahawks. I'm only... Kimber had them last week. But I only have them in the bottom 20 or bottom 12. Yeah, bottom 12 because of that defense and with Russ's injury. But it's still the Seahawks. They can kind of get back into it. Number 19, Las Vegas Raiders. Like I said, this team's kind of dealing with just a lot right now. Like everything is just being thrown at them. I like how Derek Carr's handling it. I really like how he said, hate the sin, love the man. Um... Like I said, I'll get into that later. They can back into it, get back into. It. I don't think they do. I think they kind of fall off this year, just like I said, with everything they got going on. It shouldn't be an excuse for a football team, but sometimes things just happen. And I always said the Raiders, and I kind of feel bad for pouring this on them right now for one reason only, and it has nothing to do with what happened. It's what's not happening, if that makes sense. Number 18, Denver Broncos. Efficient offense, good defense. If they can just kind of get some wins together again, they can get back in the top half of these rankings. Number 17, this is going to surprise some people. It doesn't surprise me. I don't know why NFL.com has them in the top 10 or ESPN has them in their top. I think I think they had them in the – I think they had them at 10 too. Anyways, Chiefs, number 17. Like, I love my Chiefs. You still got Mahomes. You still got Reed. You still have Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew. Willie Gay, a young and up-and-coming linebacker. Might be our next Derek Johnson. I don't know about that yet. Knock on wood. But right now they're at 17. They're turning the ball over. Defense can't stop a nosebleed. That is not you, – you are nowhere near top 10 potential right now. Like I said, I love the Chiefs. They're probably, most likely, hopefully going to blow out Washington this week and kind of sneak back up. I wouldn't put them in the top 10 after that. Honestly, I probably wouldn't even move them up a spot because that's really not anything at this point. Because this team is supposed to be a team that's supposed to be undefeated. Like I said, like the Minnesota Vikings. Those two teams are just the most disappointing right now because if they don't turn the ball over and they don't beat themselves, they're almost undefeated. Except for this last one against Sunday night. Number 16, San Francisco 49ers. Why are they better than the Chiefs? Well, because their defense doesn't play stupid. Their offense is efficient. They don't turn the ball over much. Yeah, they have a rookie at quarterback, but they nearly knocked off the top, uh, undefeated team right now, the Arizona Cardinals. And yeah, it was a divisional game, or a rivalry game, so obviously teams are going to play a lot harder in those games for the most part. But, it, yeah, 16, 17, 49ers. Number 15, Pittsburgh Steelers finally got back to what they do best. Efficient offense, great defense. They just play, played well all around. Number 14, Minnesota Vikings. Um, 
I only have them in the top half versus the Chiefs because their defense is actually there. They have more of a running game. Kirk Cousins is playing a bit smarter than Mahomes right now. Number 13, Carolina Panthers. I know I said they've kind of been struggling, but I still have them in the top half. Sam Darnold's playing better. Defense is there. Number twenty, uh, number 12, Tennessee Titans. One second. Number 12, Tennessee Titans. As bad as their offensive line is, as bad as their defense is, they're still scoring points. They're still keeping themselves in games. They got a good quarterback. I think they got a really good head coach. They've got a great offensive staff. They'll be fine. Number 11, Cincinnati Bengals. I really wanted to put them in the top 10. Almost beat Green Bay. That was just like a missed field goals type game. That game was insane. Loved every minute of it. Loved every minute of it. Um, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase continue to dominate. I honestly think if they keep it up this year, maybe next year, I'm honestly going to crown them best duo in the league. Number 10, New Orleans Saints. I said when they face Washington and be inconsistent versus inconsistent, and they showed they can kind of be consistent. Maybe that keeps up this week. Maybe it doesn't. We'll see. Oh, they're on a bye. Yeah, Saints are on a bye. Yeah, my bad. Sorry. Bye week for the Saints. So no, it doesn't keep up this week. Unless they lose to the bye week. Ha 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 ha. You've heard that joke before. Anyway, Jameis Winston is kind of finally playing smarter football. Um, defense is there. And I keep saying that. Defense is there. If the defense is there, you're going to win most of your games. That's what I'm getting at this week. If your defense is there, and I'm saying they're like all in the head, all there, they'll be fine. Number nine, Cleveland Browns. Their defense wasn't there this week. A lot of 47 points versus LA. Offense was obviously obviously there. But with Baker on that last drive, something just seemed off. Like I said, I don't know if it's the injury or somebody doesn't trust him. I, I really don't know. Looks like this game's going to be over with Tampa and Philly. Tom Brady just converted a first down on a QB sneak. Two minutes and 15 seconds to go. First and goal. Unless something crazy happens here, I don't see Philly coming back. Sorry. Number eight, Baltimore Ravens. So I really didn't want to drop them. I don't remember how far up I had them last week. I think it was top five. I didn't really want to drop them any much lower, but everyone else above them is just kind of playing better than them right now. Um, Lamar is electrifying. I hope The Rock is okay with me using that for Lamar. I highly doubt any of them hear this anytime soon. But I just wanted to make that joke. Um, offense is looking a lot better. Marquise Brown. The receivers are looking a lot better than I thought they would. Like Coming into this year, I was like, Sammy Watkins, good luck. Marquise Brown, good luck. Like The only receiving threat they have is Mark Andrews. So that obviously changed. Marquise Brown is playing great. Sammy Watkins is playing great. I know he went down Monday night. I don't know what the extent of the injury was, but we didn't know that another time. Number seven, Los Angeles Rams. Playing great football right now. They had a bit of a head scratcher against Arizona, which Arizona is the best team in the league right now. I gave away my number one. Sorry. Arizona's the best team in the league right now. I know they kind of struggled against San Francisco, but that was a rivalry game. Those games are 99% of the time, they're automatically harder than they should be because it's a rivalry game. You're used to pulling each other. You match up well against each other than you would against other teams you see every few years. Number six, Green Bay Packers. Um, I would have put them a bit, I would have kept them in the top five and weren't for like the these other five teams. Offense is better than ever. Randall Cobb has just made this comeback from being a bench warmer the past couple of years. Maybe it's because he's on Houston. And then Devontae Adams, obviously, is just unstoppable. Robert Tanyan is a beast of a tight end in the middle, in the middle of the field. Plays the middle of the field well, especially in those red zone targets. Aaron Rodgers is playing smarter. I remember him, I might be off on this here, but I remember him playing kind of I don't want to go off track here. He was on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week. He said, if he had any advice for younger quarterbacks, learn how to slide. And he's kind of running a bit more again. I feel like last year he really didn't, especially in that NFC Championship game. 
And he's kind of sliding again. He's not taking unnecessary hits like Russell Wilson would sometimes. Anyways, number five, Los Angeles Chargers. This team, I wanted to put a bit higher, but it's the Chargers. And I don't know yet about later in the year. That's same with the Raiders. I don't know yet. Same with the Broncos. I don't know yet. Give me a bit more. Let's see how it is at the end of the season. But Brandon Staley is a great coach. Justin Herbert is a great quarterback. Um, the games between him and Mahomes the next 10 to 15 years are going to be insane. They're going to be absolutely insane. Number four, Dallas Cowboys. I really want to know what this team would be if it weren't for Trayvon Diggs. Has an interception in every game. That's more than 27 NFL teams. 27. Dak is definitely one of the MVP favorites. Maybe not up there with Josh Allen and Lamar, but one of the MVP favorites. By the way, Bucks Eagles is virtually over. Bucks win 28-22. That's close like I thought. Thank you, Philly, for making me look smart. Anyways. Number three, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, speaking of which. Brady, I swear, he's better in his 40s than he was in his 20s. And maybe that's kind of like a life thing where you're better in your 40s than you were in your 20s. Maybe not as healthy. But, I mean, healthy, I mean, joints aren't the same. Your body's just not the same. But you're able to take care of yourself better mentally, financially, physically. You're smarter. You know how to make better decisions. And Tom Brady's doing all these things on the football field, and he's just playing out of his mind right now. Number two, Buffalo Bills. Some A lot of people have them at number one. I don't think they're better than Arizona. And maybe it's just that week one loss against the Steelers. They've, they've, they've looked dominant all week. I was saying, I was like, I don't know if they're going to handle the Chiefs like they have these other three teams, which they did. And who knows, maybe if it wasn't for a dropped interception, and it would have been... 31-27, and Bills barely sneak out a win, which is kind of similar to the score I predicted. I predicted it to be 45-42, but anyways, Bills are on a roll right now. That defense is the best scoring defense in the league. Defense in the league. I don't think it's the best defense in the league, but it's definitely the best scoring defense in the league, if that makes any sense. Number one, Arizona Cardinals. Like I, They know how to finish games. They know how to blow out opponents. They're just kind of playing great right now. I know last year they started off... I think six and two finished off eight and eight. That's not good, but right now, which is a little unfair to the Chargers, right now they're great. And I say it's a little unfair to the Chargers because I said I only have that number five because who knows how they'll do later. Maybe I shouldn't take that into effect with my power rankings or game predictions. But anyways, I'm done with my power rankings. Next game: Chiefs versus Washington. There's a lot. Okay, so like I said, more than just the game itself, and that sounds weird. If anybody's been watching the news lately, John Gruden was forced to resign as Raiders head coach. This started a couple weeks ago, which I really didn't look into it. They started an investigation, an FBI investigation into the Washington football team, and I think it was mainly over the handlings of the team. Or, I don't remember. I like I saw it and I was like, oh, they're being investigated. I wonder what for. Maybe it's because Dan Schneider's a POS. The Washington's owner. And all of a sudden reports came out last Friday about John Gruden talking about DeMorsa Smith's looks, looks during the lockout. And his explanation was he was frustrated over... Lockout and how everything was being handled. He was very apologetic. He said he didn't feel like it was anything racist. And I'm not giving my opinion on any of this, by the way. I feel it's not my position to give my opinion on any of this. At least I don't feel like I'm not at that level yet. I'm not at a Jim Rome level. Um, I don't have millions of people asking me, Dalton, what do you think of this? I'll get into that in a second. I do have an opinion, but I'll get into it in a second. And John Gruden wasn't fired. He wasn't fined. He explained. He's like, I didn't feel like this was. 
I just, I just, he just didn't feel like it was. And he said it didn't feel it wasn't right to say that. But anyways, the investigation officer kept going. And these are emails exchanged between John Gruden and Bruce Allen, the president and the GM of Washington at the time. And, or still is, I think. I, yes, look that up in a second. Anyways. More emails came out. Emails involving John Gruden using homophobic slurs towards players like Michael Sam. Saying how Jeff Fisher was pressured to draft Michael Sam. Saying how calling Roger Goodell a faggot. Calling him an anti-knowing football pussy. Something like that. Excuse the language. I'm just saying what was out in these reports. So John Gruden was held to force to resign. The Raiders, Mark Davis kind of commented saying, I don't have anything else the NFL. And kind of wondering like, oh, wow, being a big baby there, you don't want to comment on it. Maybe he doesn't want to comment on it. Maybe he was actually friends with John Gruden. And all this came out and surprised him and disappointed him. And he's sad about it. And he just doesn't want to talk about it. Leave him alone. He's a human. Get out of his face. You want answers? Get over it. You had your answers. He resigned. He's out of the league. Leave it alone. Was it messed up? Yes, that's inhumane. I understand if there's a clumsy joke between you and a friend or you're kind of angry and you say something you shouldn't say. Because when you're making jokes with a friend, sometimes you say something you shouldn't say. When you're angry, you'd say something or do something you shouldn't do, right? And then later on, you apologize. Like, hey, I'm sorry. You shouldn't have said that. Hey, that joke went too far. I don't mean any of that. That's fine. But email chance for seven years. Like he just found that out about his friend. Maybe he knew that already. I don't know. But he just said what I'm talking about. Leave him alone. He's got a lot more to deal with than any of us media members. I'm not a media member yet. But any of us media members have to deal with are these couch potato fans that think they know everything. I understand that wasn't right and it wasn't okay. Um, I really like what Derek Carr said. He hates the sin and I'm not trying to be religious, but he loves the man. He knows his, He knows him on a personal level. He knows his wife and kids. I'm not saying what John Gruden did was right. None of that is okay. There are a time and a place to say certain things. None of the, a lot of those things shouldn't have ever be said. But there's a time and a place to make certain jokes and say certain things. And on an email chain or a text chain with your work colleagues, I don't care if it's in the NFL or at a grocery store, you don't say that. You just don't say any of that stuff. And what kind of bothers me... One second. And what really bothers me and I'm sure there's more coming out. This investigation, I'm sure, is far from over. What really bothers me is why, why on earth is does it seem like John Gruden's a fall guy? Again, he needs to be gone, step away for a long time, maybe forever. I'm not saying go die in a hole. I'm saying just kind of go, just go enjoy your retirement. You got money, just go, go enjoy your retirement. Just go be with your family. That's kind of all you need to do right now. Um, why is nothing coming out on Bruce Allen? Why aren't we seeing his responses? Because there's obviously responses. He wasn't sending racist and homophobic and porn on emails, and Bruce Allen was just saying, thumbs up, cool. Like, what? Like, what is going on? Why is nothing coming out? So Washington is obviously distracted by this. The players, I don't care how much of an adult you are, there's some things you just can't ignore, hence why the Raiders played so bad against Chicago. And like I said, Raiders and Chicago are kind of evenly matched, fairly well evenly matched, but I didn't expect the Raiders to lay a goose, not a goose egg, but play like they did. But it's kind of expected after seeing your head coach and seeing what he's really like behind closed doors. And like I said, this is far from a joke, a couple of jokes made with your friends, or an angry tweet or an angry comment. This is seven years of straightforwardness. Sound like he was angry about the lockout. That's different. If it was just that and maybe a couple other things from the lockout, okay, maybe he's not resigned, but he's suspended. Maybe he has to step away for the year and then comes back. I don't know. Maybe he's fine. I don't, I, I don't know. But why is nothing coming out on Washington? What is going on? And you ever hear smoke screens? Kind of like when, say your parents are fighting. The kids are worried, the parents are fighting. 
And all of a sudden, your parents are done fighting. And they come say, hey, let's go get some ice cream. And like, really? We just kind of heard you guys fighting out, out of all this. Like, you sure you guys want to go anywhere? Or like, you sure? Like, no, let's go get ice cream. Smoke screen to kind of distract the kids from what's going on. So Sean Taylor, we all know who that is. Not going to get into his story, but his jersey's finally being retired for Washington. And this is all just coming out randomly on a Thursday before the game against the Chiefs, one of their biggest games yet. And they're going to have all these shirts and all these, this memorabilia for Sean Taylor. It's really, the timing is really weird on this. And I just don't understand it. That's enough of my rant on the John Gruden thing and why Washington hasn't gotten in trouble. I think some do need to ease up on Mark Davis and the Raiders. Like I said, I'm not saying what John Gruden did was okay. That was messed up. None of us are perfect. We've all made mistakes. But he shouldn't have said those things, especially over email. Like I said, if you make a clumsy joke at a Christmas party, the call, Colin Hurd used that example. I really liked it. You make a clumsy joke at a Christmas party, give an angry tweet. We all make mistakes. We all say things we shouldn't say. But with that, just email chain with your work. <laughs> Come on, do better than that, man. Um, someone else needs to be held accountable here. Because there's a lot more to this than we know yet. We don't know yet. Yeah. Anyways, now to the game. Chiefs just got their ass kicked. Washington is not good. As a Chiefs fan, you need to fully expect Washington to not be there. And I, I shouldn't say that because like they are grown men. And like I said, you're going to get distracted by things no matter how, if, if it's this big, but... Washington are they are full of there's grown men on that field. There's grown men on the Kansas City side, there's grown men on the Washington side. It's not gonna be a rollover game. But Chiefs need to take full advantage of what's going on here and all the smoke screens while in Washington right now with the Sean Taylor halftime and um retiring his jersey and his number, all that, and all these all these investigations the Chiefs are n- not a part of. I hope not. I hope there's nothing coming out with the Chiefs. Um you know, with Clark Hunt or Brett V. Trandy Reed. The Chiefs, if their offense can stop the turnovers, they're first off, they're four and one. I don't care what happened with Buffalo. Buffalo it was just their night. They're four and one. Okay. Washington, not a good team. Like I said, Taylor Heineke is gonna do whatever he wants. He's gonna run all over. And this is no matter who he's facing, whether a bad defense or a good defense, he's gonna run around, he's gonna sling it, and it's gonna look bad or look really good. And the Chiefs defense has possibilities of making it look really good. Now I said the solution was plug Juan Thornhill in for Daniel Sorensen. That's not the most fixed because every time Juan Thornhill's in, he's missing tackles. He's not bad in coverage, but he's missing tackles. They're missing assignments. They're missing assignments. Easy assignments. No, not like the paper I wrote last night. Assignments on defense where... They're kind of caught flat-footed, and they're just 10 yards away from the man they're covering. There's no reason this Chiefs team can't kind of send more of a blitz this week. Double up on McLaurin. Have Willie Gay maybe spy Taylor Heineke or Gibson, Washington's running back, and just blow them out. I have a score prediction for you in this one. 41 to 14. Best case scenario. Worst case scenario, Chiefs kind of just kind of get back into it and it's 41 to 30. And I'm somewhat fine with that. As long as that 30 points is like Philly, where it was a garbage time touchdown. If it's 41 20, I'll be fine. As long as Chiefs kind of get back into it, which they should, because this team, even on their worst day, is better than Washington. Washington is not good. They're not horrible, but they're not good. They're not, they're by, they're by far. They're f- very far from the worst in the league. Sorry, I misspoke. But with everything going on with John Gruden and Washington and Taylor Heineke just kind of being playing careless, no defense. Defense is second worst to the Chiefs in points per game allowed. Gross defense isn't that great either. Chiefs offense, if I remember correctly, they're dead last in turnovers, but in third down conversions, they're first. They've rarely punted, mainly because of the turnovers, or they score. It's either a turnover or a score. Like, honestly, 
It's either a turnover or a score or a rarity of a punt. So I I didn't want to go into too much detail on this without putting my foot in my mouth with this because I'm just starting. I say something I shouldn't say. But all the investigation drama, Washington, I don't expect them to show up. Chiefs, I fully do up for them getting their ass kicked. I think that was something to wake them up. Can't start perfect every year. Mahomes is still great. This offense is still great. This defense can be something good. I'm not saying great. It can be something good, though. Like I said, remember in 2019 when they started 4-0 and and they lost four of the next six and they brought Mike Pinnell in? It might just be the one thing where they put in Willie Gay more and swap out Juan Thornhill and Daniel Sorensen more. That's all I have for you guys today. I'm going to go into more a couple. I'm going to go into a couple things tomorrow. I'm not sure yet. And I'm going to go into the Kansas State game, some baseball, and a couple other things. But that's all I have for you guys today. I think this is the longest episode I've done yet, where it's about 45 minutes. Here in about two weeks, I have an announcement for you guys. Here in about two weeks, the Saturday before Halloween, October 30th, I have my first interview coming up. I won't say who it is. It's not a co-host. It's an interview. It's actually a buddy of mine. He's a kind of a local rapper. In the Maryland area, the DMV area. Very good. He has a few albums out. I like his wordplay. Lyrically, is great. He's a Philadelphia Eagles fan and a Miami Heat fan. So we'll talk some sports with him. Um, see if he um, see how he's kind of feeling about the Eagles and the Heat right now. With the NBA season uh, tipping off next Tuesday night. So we'll see that there. We'll talk about that there. And kind of go from there. Because after, the, after that first interview, about once a week... Or once every other week, it's going to be an interview and a co-host, and go from and go from there. It'll be long. There'll be longer episodes of the ones that are kind of getting used to the twenty to thirty minutes. But want something longer, it'll be longer. Um, if you want something specific, I'll shoot you a text and say, "Hey, this segment, fast forward to this part." But I appreciate the support from everybody. This is going to blow up here pretty soon. I feel like I've got a really good feeling. I'm talking to the right people, kind of putting some flyers out there or feelers out there. To see where I can take this. Other than that, that's all I have for you guys today. And I'm sorry this is a longer episode than usual, but I appreciate um, the help from everybody. Have a good night. Enjoy some baseball. Right now it's top of the eighth inning. One out. Dodgers and Giants are tied one to one. Don't know if I'll stay up for it. I'll look at the highlights in the morning. Everyone have a nice night. And I will be back tomorrow. Thank you.